Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to be a part of our community, head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Community to Apply. All right, so today my guest is LeVar Jackson, and he is the founder and CEO of Yo Group. LeVar, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. All right, LeVar, so uh, excited to get into today's uh, interview with you. And just to get us kicked off, we will start this interview the way that we start them all with what we like to call our Mission Matters Minute. So, LeVar, we at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. LeVar, what Mission Matters to you? The Mission Matters to me for Yo Group is creating a sustainable and impactful hotel that is more profitable by being sustainable than not being sustainable. And once you do that, the entire market will become sustainable. You don't need to legislate. You don't need to, you know, beat them over the head with how horrible things are. The market will wherever the money is. We're here to create that money and a good experience for the consumer as well as the planet. How did you come up with the idea? Like, like in terms of connecting sustainability with, you know, hotels specifically, like how'd you find your niche? So I um, have been in hospitality for a number of years. Uh, I sold art to hotels. And no matter what hotel I sold the art to, you put it on the wall for five years. And at the end of five years, it goes right in the, the dumpster. And it's really hard to reclaim that. So it's a highly wasteful industry in some ways. And during you know the pandemic, I had a friend who was doing carbon credits. And I went over into that market and I saw... It's going to be highly controversial, but it's not. There are highly effective carbon credits and there are highly ineffective carbon credits. And the highly mm. ineffective carbon credits are the ones that everyone buys, but they're cheapest. So if I'm going to go back into hospitality after, you know, this pandemic is over, I said in my mind, I want to do it the right way. I want to make sure that the world is a better place. And also to see that, like, climate change is a corporate liability just as much as a personal liability. We very much focus on the individual but, you know, for instance, like, you know, a hurricane hits a, a beach and it wipes out a bunch of homes. There's probably a hotel or a commercial business that got wiped out, too. But we don't really talk about that. So we have to share the devastation, not just on the individual, but also on the corporate side as well, the commercial side as well. So reimagining hotels. So you, you got this idea, you have this concept, you're thinking about how do you execute? Like, when did the execution come into play? The execution came into play because, again, it's been about 15 years, and I see how hotels operate. We have mm -hmm. all the pieces to the puzzle, but we're not putting the, the pieces together. We're very much focused on individualized efficiency, so one-point efficiency. We're like, oh, this solar panel is 100% efficient or 98% efficient. It, it varies by the manufacturer of the solar panel. So, for instance, I'm very much a parable person. So you take that roof, you put the solar panels on it, and what if you're in a, a warm climate? You've got 100% of the electricity you can get out of that roof, but you also wasted 100% of the heat energy that hit that roof. How do you capture the thing? So as you start adding more pieces to it or creating a, a better puzzle, you, you go closer to a zero-waste system. And you don't need to you know, generate as much electricity because you're getting the heat and the cooling from you know, locally, locally sourced. Mm -hmm. Hotels have a huge impact, in fact, on the immediate area. It's a large building. Uh, the way that people treat hotel rooms, you have multiple spikes in the grid. So uh, a person at home will take a nine-to-five job. Not everyone works a nine-to-five, but I'll, that's just the easiest for me to use. Mm -hmm. You get up 7 o'clock, 6.30, 7 o'clock. You cook breakfast. You turn on the lights. You adjust the heating and cooling. Then you, you know, get ready. You close the doors and you leave. 
So as you opening and closing the doors or, you know, like if it's a family, you know, you'll take, you know, the kids live at a different time than the parents do, or the different parents leave at different times or guardians. So you're, you're affecting how quickly the system can keep up your HVAC system, whether it's heating or cooling, to keep up with this, that. But then it has a whole entire eight hours to normalize. Then you come home and you do all the things again. So you get two spikes at the end of the day, at you know, beginning of the day and the end of the day. When you're at a hotel, people could tend not to stay out the whole entire day. They wake up, they go get breakfast, they come back, they may go to the gym, they may not come back. They open the doors again and come back again. So you have spikes in the middle of the day where the grid normally would be at a low. Hotels hit in the middle of the day more than you would think. You also have data spikes as well. People come in and use their phones and dump all the photos uh, in their, like in the cloud. But that's a, that's here there. But that is a drain because that all those servers do generate heat and those fun things. So you have to design around a continuous system versus looking for the spikes uh, for a hotel. Mm. Um, you also have uh, housekeeping coming in and out. So they open the door, change the temperature. There's, there's a lot going on <laughs> um, in a hotel and you have to maximize for the whole entire day. I also like to to point out that to say that a hotel room is an inside out TARDIS because I'm a Doctor Who fan. A lot of your things have to be much more compact. So again, say you take yourself, your spouse, and your child that normally lives in a thousand square foot home, and you're staying in a hotel that's less than 300 square feet. Then you have to have plumbing in that same amount of space, and you also have HVAC in the same amount of space, while still maintaining the ability to have two beds, you know, or or a king bed or something like that. It, it's much more challenging than a lot of us let on <laughs> how to design a, like a functioning hotel room. So talk to me more about the solutions that you have. Like, how are you helping hotels really accomplish this goal? Like, how, how is it taking place? So we spent quite a bit of time uh, working with Oregon State University on creating as close to a zero-waste system as possible. Zero-waste system is, is physically impossible because you do have phase changes, you do have this. So it's a system that takes a look at the property determines what you should do depending on how you get your heat, how you should get your electricity, how you should get your um, cooling, and then generating electricity, generating heat and cooling, and then allowing that, the extra to go to the, to go to the uh, community. So then it changes the dynamic between a hotel and the community where a hotel is always a consumer, even of sustainability, even if they have LED lights, they're still consuming, they're still pulling from the grid. And there is, is a concentrated, you know, 150, you know, room, which is two people, you know, if you have 90%, you've got 300 people in a very small space where you have larger hotels that are much larger. Of course, you have smaller ones, but now you're the producer of that sustainability. And how does that affect the relationship between your community and you, where you're, you're, you're providing a good to the community without actually having to do anything else. And you can, all that electricity and the heating and cooling back lower than depending on the municipality, because some do not like that. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to call anybody out by names, but it's a way of benefiting, giving them clean power, stabilizing the business that has nothing to do. You have a revenue, you know, revenue source that's not based in just on room stays, because again, a war could happen, just you're out of season and now your, your revenue has gone, you know, to put mm-hmm. where you have this stabilized revenue source that is actually doing good for the community. That's what I mean by being sustainable and impactful. The amount of contracts that I myself as a hotel gives out or or awards is high. And you can move industries just based on your impact. So I'm looking at textiles for seat coverings. When I drop a $5 million contract, 
the awardee is absolutely going to pay attention to my needs and what I want. So if I say, hey, I want this to be made sustainably, and when I mean sustainably, it's also for the people and the planet. So you can't say, hey, this material is sustainable and then have it made by slave labor. It's not, it's not right. sustainable. So when you say uh, the impact part, and it doesn't cost me anything more to say, hey, I don't want this made that way. Someone's going to come around and figure out how to do this. If I put, hey, I have a multi-million dollar contract, figure out how to make this in a, an appropriate way. And I also help give the tools. So we also have a algae growth system that uh, can provide alcohol, fuel, and it's an automated system. Alcohol, fuel, it can be made into textiles, it can be made into clothes. Perhaps I'll use that system on the property itself and have someone else come and create the textiles there. So not only is it creating an industry for the community that that wasn't there before, because then it can provide textiles for, you know, uh, restaurants. It could provide textiles for other commercial things. And maybe if it's so good, you may want the sheep made out of algae, um, you know. So then that's another revenue source for the hotel that normally would not have, that is not ADR dependent. ADR is rate per room per night kind of deal. So not only is that, you know, impacting positively the community, but it's also absorbing carbon. And it's a low um, water usage material. So you can take that, it uses 97% less water than cotton does. Just from generally how plants are, are grown, you, you know, water them. And of course, if they're a non-tree-based plant, you have to spray them with water. So it helps them absorb water through the roots. So that water that lands on the plant evaporates. There's going to want some of the, the water that lands on the ground is going to evaporate. Some of it's going to run off. Some of it's going to drain past the, uh, the roots. So what ends up happening is some of it goes to the plant, a lot of it just goes to the planet, which is fine. But when you're pulling all these resources, when you're talking about the places, I particularly where I focus in the U.S., um, the places that are running out of water are high in agriculture, like almond farms and and of course cattle and things. If you can you can also you can do this in a city center with municipal water and not use a lot of it at all. It's a closed system. You can strain off the water, you can clean the water, and then send it back in. Um, so water is just as a type of a resource in many locales as is, you know, electricity or heating or cooling. And the algae can be grown, this, uh, for textiles can be grown with algae that it grows in salt water. So you don't need to use potable water, uh, which is, again, an evaporating resource for uh, many people. Why tap into the thing that you actually have to have to drink to make clothing or textiles or those kind of things. And by myself putting this large company behind that push, we can push the market very easily as hospitality. And that's the power that uh, hotels have. Mm. What's the reception or response from the hospitality industry been on the concepts and just, just your approach? Like how's that been going? So sustainability has always been seen as a cost. So you're mm. paying more you're, and you're getting less. And I feel like that's in many industries. Like that's how they kind of, it starts, it usually starts there, right? Before maybe the, there's some efficiencies and some things change, but continue. I feel like that's a, usually the basis for everything. It's like, ah, it costs too much. <laughs> yes. So the costs around it, so the ROI. So if I mm -hmm. say, hey, because I have that energy generation system, my hotel earns $2 million more per year. And it's mm -hmm. uh, off of a system that you're going to have to put in anyway. You're going to have to put that HVAC system in there. Mm -hmm. And then you have an unknown of where your rates are going to be in two years. So there's also that. It, there's a lot of outside calculation that isn't taking into account. So 
if I build this hotel, I get a rate for two years from the, the util- utility. After those two years are up, that, the rate could triple. You know, of course, you're going to like, you know, work with the, try to work with the local mayors and things and, and get things set up, but it, things can change. Then you can also have a underperforming utility that is not uh, providing the power that could cause power surges with damages, all sorts of things inside. So there's a, a lot of gray area that we're not, you know, damaging computers, damaging the HVAC system. The power goes out, like no one's staying there, they're leaving. Um, <laughs> so you have to effectively shut down or you have to do a lot of give backs to the customer. So there's a lot of, of unaccounted for negatives effectively that we're not looking at. So when you take it into all account, even just having solar panels now is still a better thing than not having solar panels on your book sheet, but you're not counting the negative, the positive negatives. You're just only counting the cost, but not the cost of those negatives. So you say, Hey, I've got this 2 million bucks. What can you do with that? Then you, as a, uh, as a property that is a public good, you know, you're going to get the tax breaks. You know, you're going to get all the good press. There's so many positives to this at this point, and it doesn't cost all that much more. So 10 years ago, it cost so much more to throw solar panels on the roof. 15 years ago, it was like so cost prohibitive that I understand. But hospitality is a very slow moving industry and it does not like to be on the forefront of technology. It likes to be on the back end of technology. I can tell you, I'm a man of a certain age. I still remember using keys to get into hotel rooms, like the actual with the number on the fob and a twist key to get to hotel rooms. And I think it was like a Hilton or something. And I was young, but I still remember that. They're still using some, I've gone into hotels, they're still using the like magnetic swipe cards. Those things get uh, deprogrammed so fast. Like I touched my phone to it for a second and now I'm locked out of my room. And that was like a month ago. <laughs> um, so we're very much, very slow because they want proven things. Hotels are always very tenuous because again, if, you know, a business, you know, like if you hotel effectively is a supporting business for something else. So there's something, if there's something else changes, then you are at the mercy of this and you know something's going to change in five to 10 years. Sometimes mm. a city or a location doesn't, is not hot anymore. And you see these trends now are amplified on, on social media where everyone's like, we don't do, I don't know, Tulum anymore. We do this place now. And everyone's going to the new place and leaving Tulum mm. alone, which is not true. I'm yeah. just using Tulum because I, I was, I want to book a trip there. Um, so <laughs> you two hotels like, that are listening. I want to come visit and check out those sustainable hotel practices. So send me a ticket wherever those hotels are listening. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, no, it's always, it's, it's, it's almost so much fun. It's a little bit of corporate espionage. Every time I stay in a hotel, I try to like see what they're doing. Of course like, there is. You're like, what's going it? on here? Hold on. Let me show you. <laughs> has to be. I mean, you, you wouldn't be you if you didn't do that. Of course, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> Uh, so it's uh, it's slower than fashion when it comes to trends, but there is some sort of still trend going on. Yeah, you know, you know, Southern Italy was hot, and now it seems Northern Italy everyone's going to, everyone's talking about. So you, so hotels are much slower to move because they need to make that money back. It's a large investment to open a hotel. Mm-hmm. You buy a land, and that land is two million bucks. You're spending at least thirty million dollars getting that hotel up and running, and you've got to make it back within that ten year span before you don't know where the, you know, the next recession is coming in. You don't know where the next trend is going to end. Sometimes brands may jam you in the back. So if something happens at the top of the CEO of XYZ hotel brand, that trickles down. Mm -hmm. Or if they change their loyalty programs, or if they do these things that you have very little control over as, you know, the franchisee as the actual owner of the hotel, 
it can completely like torpedo your business. The hotel brands do give you some warning, but sometimes it's nothing you can do. You can vote against it as a franchisee, but if everyone else says yes and you're the one person that says no, then you're kind of done. So they're really about recouping that money within the first 10 years. So they're not going to use high price new technology that's not proven because you're putting in too many variables that could affect your bottom line. And, you know, that bill is due in, you know, at the end of 10 years, you've got to pay everything off. Well, LeVar, I have to say, appreciate you coming on the show today, first off, and also, you know, educating myself and the audience on sustainability, specifically in hospitality and, and the potential and the evolution of the industry and where it's going. And just, you know, there's obviously room, but like you said, with solar panels, like things are changing and I like that we're going in the right direction. Never fast enough, but, you know, we're going in the right direction. That being said, if somebody is listening to this and they want to follow up and continue the dialogue with you or learn more, I mean, what's the best way for them? to connect? Uh, you can always visit the website at www.yogh.group. You can find us on LinkedIn. You can find us on Instagram, always uh, Yog Group. It's a trademark name, so you can find us. Um, you can also, uh, if anyone ever has like an idea, I love helping with that kind of stuff. So if you have a sustainable technology, you can always come down and find me on LinkedIn and I'll, I'll try to respond if I'm not all over the place, but I will respond. Wonderful. And we'll leave all that information in our show notes so that, um, you know, everybody that's watching, you just click on the links and head right on over. And speaking of the audience, if this is your first time with Mission Matters, hey, don't forget, hit that subscribe button. We have many more mission-based leaders coming up on the line, and we don't want you to miss a thing. LeVar, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was fantastic.